It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Lockdown Avalanche Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche and the post trade deadline opinions and grades and discussion is in full swing. And we are going to continue our talk on the trade deadline and the Colorado Avalanche. And the kind of lack of moves that they made. Uh, we're going to discuss Tyson Jost a little bit in that whole discussion. We are going to look at, instead of looking at power rankings this week, we're going to look at grades that some other the uh, some of the websites have bestowed upon teams. So obviously we're going to look at what some of these sites gave the Avalanche for trade deadline grades. And we're going to look at the Buffalo game which is going on tonight in Colorado. So before we get to all that, like we always do, places to follow the show over on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Instagram, Locked On Avalanche. And send any questions, comments, concerns. If you want to join the Fandom Friday, if you want to give your opinion on the trade deadline, are you happy? Are you upset? What is a move you wish Colorado made? Are you happy with the moves they did make? You can send all... All of that to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. So I figure, why wait? Let's get right into, let's hear it from the horse's mouth. Joe Sackick gave a a press conference today post-trade deadline discussing the moves that they made. And uh, not not so much discussing the moves they didn't make. He wouldn't really go into detail, which you kind of expected, to, expected him to not do that. Uh, but he kind of gave some pretty good information as to why they made the moves that they did. So uh, without further ado, let's get to that right now. I mean, uh, like every other deadline, uh, you know, really a week before you, there's a lot of conversations going on and uh, it goes right up until uh, for us one o'clock mountain. So, um, you know, we did a couple things early and then on the phones right till one o'clock to see uh, about what we can do uh, to help our club. Of course, there was a lot of big names on yesterday. <laughs> Um, well, first of all, I can't comment on other players uh, from other teams. Uh, like I said last week, we, we knew the guys that we wanted to talk about um, that we think uh, thought that would be a good fit for our club if, if it worked out. Um, and that's where we're at. So we had our fits, and uh, I, I won't comment on what GMs I talked to um, or how many conversations I had with them, but uh, uh, we, we, we made the one trade for Nemestikov, which we, we really liked him for, for a couple of years now, and we think he'll be a good fit for our team. And um, we were looking for a depth goalie to, help, to not only help us, but uh, you know, possibly the Eagles. We've had a lot of injuries uh, you know, in that position, so uh, we feel depth-wise uh, we address that need. And uh, like I said, we're, we're looking to see what we can do to add, but... Uh, but we did a lot in the off season, and this is a team that we really like and believe in, anyways. And uh, um, 
you know, if there was another deal that made sense for us, uh, we, we would have looked to do that, but uh, nothing else materialized. What do you like about him? Uh, he plays fast. Uh, you know, he's got great hockey IQ. Uh, he can move up and down the lineup. He can play left wing. You know, he can play center, uh, right wing if you need him. A very versatile player. He can kill penalties. And, um, you know, he's, uh, he plays with a lot of grit as well. So we just think uh, the, uh, the type of person he is and, and, and player, he'll be a great fit for our group. Does it help you read a Well, we're probably all in the same position where, where we all like our teams. Um, and uh, I'm sure they were on the phones as well. And uh, I think every team's uh, got their own situation uh, um, and what they got what, what they got to do to try and help their teams. And, uh, um, you know, like, probably like us and, and really like what you have in, uh, in, in, in the dressing room. And uh, we feel, uh, like I said, we, we had a lot last summer. We, we love the chemistry in our dressing room, and, and you don't want to tinker uh, too much with that. But we, like I said, we... We feel we added uh, added uh, another quality player for our room, and uh, I know we've got a lot of injuries, but uh, uh, we're expecting that they're all going to be back by, by mid-March, uh, third week of March, and uh, um, so we're looking at having, having those guys come back. Joe, there was conversation yesterday that Tyson Jones could be a guy who got moved. A, did you receive any phone calls on him, and B, what do you kind of see <laughs> his role within this team going forward, knowing that he's in the last year of his entry-level contract? Um, Exactly, last year of entry level contract. He's he's our he's our player, and uh, uh, I won't go into. Any, I don't know where. I mean, there's always names every year. There's names out there in, in the media. We none of us really know where they come from. Uh, um, I'm the only one who knows uh, the, the the players and the prospects we talked about, and that's the way it's going to be. Uh, but but Tyson has a, he's played really well the last few weeks. The only thing he hasn't hasn't done is is, is put the puck in the net, and uh, he keeps getting the chances. He is and playing the way he is. He, he's gonna he's gonna get on the board. Well, um, um, there's a few goalies out there, and uh, uh, what we were looking to do in that position, obviously, we we, we know Grubauer is going to be back for us, and, and Fran, uh, Pavel, he's played played great for us. So, uh, but we wanted to get some insurance uh, uh, for the third goalie position, and, and we feel that he's. he's He's going to do a great job for us, and and, and also we like, like I said, uh, with the uh, uh, Adam Warner's had had you know, some injuries. He's healthy now, but we wanted to protect ourselves throughout the organization. Joe, is it more difficult for you knowing the quality of guys that you have who are injured right now to maybe stay patient? Uh, well, I, I like I said, we're we're looking to make moves, and uh, uh, sometimes the best moves are the ones that that you don't make. So uh, we, we we feel we've got a deep team. Uh, especially up front uh, when everybody's healthy. Right now we've got a lot of injuries. Uh, we feel that uh, adding Vlad is going uh, to help that in, in, in the meantime. And uh, uh, we're excited to have our group uh, when we're all healthy. And when we're healthy, hopefully we'll stay healthy because you need that in the playoffs. Well, we've uh, we've got some high-end top guys, and we've got a lot of depth here, and we've got a team that uh, that, that believes and, and has great chemistry. Uh, so, you know, we had a lot of runs, obviously, back 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 then, and uh, uh, you know, you had your core guys and 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 the teams that won and had a chance to win, had had a team that believed and, and believed in each other, and uh, we we have that in our room. I 
I think so. Um, you know, there's not many teams out of it, and, and that's the way the league wanted it uh, with the parity, and there's so much parity on, on both sides that, uh, you know, I think you saw a lot of trades that uh, uh, just add depth to their groups. Some were bigger than others, uh, but that's what you get every every deadline. Well, I mean, you got to look at a lot of uh, a lot of things uh, going to going to deals now, and you do have to look at the cap and all that. And I know we, we have a lot of cap space, so um, if we're we, if we ended up getting a a, a, a bigger name or or, or something, we had no problem doing that. So, uh, but for me, it's still uh, it's still what you have to give up. And, and there were things that we uh, you know, I mentioned we weren't going to part with, and and we aren't going to. And uh, um, you know, we believe in those uh, some of those guys that are going to. You know, come in here and help our organization uh, maintain this uh, this this level of play, and that's what that's what you know for sure in the cap area. You got to got to work, got to worry about that. But uh, um, I also think in this cap area, it's made the game you know as exciting as it's ever been. There's so many teams that can win it every year, and there's a lot of all teams are competitive, and and that's what the cap brought in, and it's exciting. It's exciting to be a hockey fan. Uh, I'm staying out of that one. Uh, uh, it's above my pay grade, so uh, uh, we're for focused on our hockey team. So hopefully, uh, hopefully something will, will, will work out when uh, uh, with Comcast. Joe, given that we live in an instant gratification society, how important is it, and maybe what do you do to keep in mind that the moves that you do or don't make not only affect this team but this year, but also in the years to come? Well, I think you have to look at that. You have to look at short term, long term. Uh, you want to be successful, and you want to be successful maintain that success so um uh, like i said i mean we 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 knew what we were looking to do and we were looking at knew the type of players and which players we 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 thought could help this this team and this room um and and we're saying that we we love the guys we have in this room as as well like we're as deep as uh we've been in a long time and and we're content with uh, with this group uh, they believe and we believe in them my name is Paul Stewart, a third-generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass. I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products, including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy Feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give Easy Feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code PS20. Easy feeling wellness. Enjoy every day. Don't Luca now, but the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. 
Dallas Mavericks forward Luka Doncic dropped a triple-double and an overtime buzzer-beating three-pointer to tie their series with the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to listen to Locked On Mavericks today for a very hype Nick Angstadt. To the NFL, where 77 positive COVID tests from 11 teams were re-examined by a New Jersey lab. All of those tests have now come back negative. For the latest on the NFL's quest to return, subscribe to Locked On NFL and the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And finally, sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, well, there you have it. Right from the general manager himself and kind of why we thought they didn't make the moves that they made. And I I am still on the camp of more making a move than not making a move. But you can't argue with him. You know, he's had success in, in building the team the way that he has wanted to build it. And they were not willing to give up certain players. They were not willing to to roll the dice on their future for the here and now. And and that's against conventional wisdom. That's that that's against the grain really. A lot of teams build up the these minor league teams, so to speak, and these AHL teams and these prospects to eventually trade them away if if your team is in the position to do that. And I personally think the Avalanche are in the position to do that. And I and I think I do think it's a missed opportunity because we are we are hanging our hat that these kids are going to pan out and let's get real like all of them are not going to that's just the way it goes uh and and that's that's what you're going to live with um i'm more of the camp of you you have to play with you have to play for today and he's happy with the team they have right now and i am too i'm not saying we we, you know it was a must to go out and make a move i think if there was a move there i think he would have pulled the trigger on something but i get the impression nothing was there he had a plan. He was going to stick with it. And it doesn't seem like Tyson Jost was ever a part of that plan to get rid of him. He kind of laughs at the question as if to say, you know, it's it's interesting how these guys' names get out there. Well, these names get out there because look at look at his stats. He's not playing well. Yeah, you have faith in him. I think we all have faith in him, but there's got to be a time. Like, we always want to throw out this is a business. And it's a business, and he's not performing up to his employee standards so and this is i've said this before this is where the avalanche are are unlike a lot of other teams they give their players time and you cannot accuse them of not giving their players time so tyson jost he seems like he has this team in his corner and maybe that only helps him maybe that only benefits him but yeah i i i still think they should have made some moves i get the holding on to your prospects thing uh, but we are we're banking on these guys panning out, and we don't know if they will. And some of them will, and some of them won't. And a lot of say, people say, well, we don't want to go for a rental. Well, yeah, I get that. Don't go for a rental. But that's what the, the offseason and trying to re-sign them or getting free agents is all about. It, uh, it, it, it kind of is a little baffling to me with the cap that they have that they didn't do something a little bit bigger. But he said it. He said they made a lot of moves in the offseason. 
And I think that's where he does his damage. Not at trade deadline. He'll plug in those pieces, which is exactly what he did this time around. And then in the offseason, they'll they'll really reassess and bring some guys in. And we're not going to sit here in the offseason and say, don't bring in free agents because we have prospects. None of us are going to be saying that. We're all going to be saying we have cap space. Let's go get a guy. Why did we not say it at the trade deadline? Because it would have been a rental. All right. If that rental turns out to win a Stanley Cup, isn't that what you want? I don't know. I I, I kind of disagree. So, uh, like I said, I I think they should have made maybe a little bit bigger splash. And, again, he talked a lot about injuries. So, if you know you have injuries, again, you're banking on your team coming back and being healthy the rest of the way. And the Avalanche have not done that all year. It's amazing they are where they are. That speaks to the team that they have. And maybe that was his thinking. We've had injuries all year. And look where we're at. Just imagine what we can do when we're all healthy. And you can't argue with that. But you just have to stay healthy to see what they can do when they're all healthy. So a lot of moving parts to this. Again, I can see the argument either way. But I lean towards making the moves. Now, what do... Some of the websites out there say, like I said, we're going to forego the, well, it's kind of like power ranking-esque, I think you would say. Um, And we have five different sites here. Is it four different sites? I think it's five different. Well, we'll see. I think it's four. And we'll start with CBS Sports. They also, they they, kind of did twofold. They gave their power rankings and then graded them. So I guess for this one, you'll get a two for one. They have the Avalanche power rated at number three behind the lightning and they have the Bruins at number one. They graded the avalanche a C plus. They said the abs were quieter than most expected considering some of the speculation leading up to the draft, but that may not be such a bad thing considering the seller's market. They didn't get Kreider or goaltending help, but they did make a decent depth value add by picking up Nemensnikov for a fourth rounder. And I and I feel as Sackick was talking about the pickup in Hutchinson that that was more of a AHL move than anything else. And and we we knew that, but because of the injury to Grubauer, I think a lot of us were thinking he's going to have to play right now, you know, to to give Francois a break might not be the case for him. So NBC Sports has, well, they rated, uh, they just ranked almost like a power ranking of the trade deadline. So they have the Avalanche at 11. That's not where they rank them. Uh, But they have them as like the 11th best team, I guess you could say it, at the trade deadline. I, I think that's how I'm reading this. But they did say a little surprising to see the Avs not utilize all of their salary cap space and go for a blockbuster addition. That is not to say they did not try, but Nemenstikov brings some versatility and skill to the bottom of their lineup. I think everybody is in agreement with that. Uh, where are we are we here? Fan sided. Give the Avalanche a C plus. Monday was a pretty quiet deadline for the Avs, adding Nemenstikov and Hutchinson. Colorado was rumored as a destination for a handful of big trade pieces such as Kreider, but ultimately were shut out on that front. Colorado had a bunch of cap space to spend this deadline, but opted to make a few auxiliary moves to flesh out the team depth. So it seems you can see the repetitiveness of what the the hockey world is thinking. And I think that's the other side of it is where they say Colorado was rumored as a destination for a handful of big trade pieces. And for none of those to pan out, I think that just 
kicks me in the gut. Because if if we weren't attached to anybody, and the, and maybe we were, maybe the av front office wasn't attached to any of them to begin with, and this is all fan fiction. That is entirely possible, but it would have made sense to bring in some of the guys that were being attached to the Avs, like Kreider. So, what are you going to do? And finally, the Athletic gave the Avalanche a B. And once again, you heard all kinds of crazy things connected to the Avalanche. In the rumor mill, Chris Kreider, Henrik Lundqvist, maybe a blockbuster involving one of their young defensemen. But GM Joe Sackick remains patient. And that's the right play here. They should have a long window in Colorado because of that patience. Nemensnikov for a fourth rounder is on my short list for best trade deadline sleepers. And NHL coach said, I think it's a really good fit. They're a fast team and he plays fast. He's a better defender and penalty killer than people give him credit for. He just doesn't want to shoot the puck. He might not have to shoot the puck on a team like this because... Their offense is the best in the league, so maybe that's even a better fit for him if he's a little gun-shy. But seems like around the NHL and in, in, in the in the websites that are out there, <clears throat> everybody's in agreement. They, they, they say it's surprising that they didn't make a move, but in the end that they didn't, the move that they did make makes sense. And I, I don't think you can fault Joe Sackick for not wanting to move any of his pieces. That seems like what the consensus is. Again, I would have moved one or two of them just to maybe get that guy that puts you way over the top. But that's just me. I'm not a GM and never will be. All right, and that should pretty much put a bow on our trade deadline discussion now that we have games back in action. And we'll see how these, well, the one trade will will pay off anyway. We'll see how that comes to fruition, at least with Nemitsikov, as he is in the lineup against the Buffalo Sabres. <clears throat> and it wasn't that long ago that we matched up against Buffalo and stuck it to him pretty good. I believe that was in Buffalo, a 6-1 to one win the last time that these two teams played. Not that long ago. <clears throat> Excuse me, a couple weeks ago. Since then, Buffalo has done pretty well. Uh, overall, they are 29, 25, and 8, 66 points. Their last 10 games, where are they here? They are at 6, 3, and 1 in their last 10. Might be a little bit too little too late. 66 points has them 11 points out of the last wild card spot. No, let's see. 10 points out of the last wild card spot. So, but... They made a move with getting Simmons at the trade deadline. Kind of a questionable move, but they brought him in. Maybe they're trying to make one final push. You never know. But the the Sabres uh, have some work to do on the special teams front because their power play or their penalty killing is one of the worst in the league. Nashville is the worst, and they are just a touch above them at second to last in the league with penalty killing. Uh, in terms of power play, they're kind of middle of the pack, 17th in the league at 20%, but it's better than Colorado's 18.5. So we'll see what Neminskov can do in terms of the power play. One of the reasons maybe they brought him in to help on that power play and that penalty kill. So hopefully both of those things improve for Colorado. 
Player stats, no surprise here. Jack Eichel pretty much rules the board. 77 points on the season, 35 goals, 42 assists. All of that leads the team. He is a plus 14 on the season, and, well, that doesn't lead the team, believe it or not. Brandon Montour leads him with sixteen plus uh, 16. I thought he would be far and away the leader for plus and minus, but surprisingly he's not. So Buffalo can play against certain teams that are at their level. <clears throat> I think the Avalanche, you know how I was saying the other day, day that the Kings match up well with the Avalanche. I, I just don't think the Sabres match up well with Colorado. And they might hang with them for a little while. But I think the Avalanche are rested and ready to go. So this all points towards an Avalanche victory, in my opinion. That's not just because I do an Avalanche show. I think they match up and they are dominant over what Buffalo can bring. And we are going to run a game simulation here, which I have not touched. Like I said, I can only do this once. So I'm going to press the button right now. Buffalo away, Colorado home. Simulation in progress. 4-3 to three victory for the Sabres, according to my game simulator. I think it might be... I don't think we're going to get 6-1. to one. It's very difficult to predict that you're going to win 6-1. to one. Could it be like 4-1, to one, the way Francois is playing? I can't imagine he gives up 3 points to Buffalo. Or 3 goals. I, I can't imagine that. But... They've been out for a little while. They haven't been playing for since Saturday. So maybe there's a little bit of rust in the beginning, but I don't anticipate that. I think at a home game, crowd's going to be wild. Nemitskov, his first game there. Wow, that's not the biggest deal in the world. I think it will be to the Avalanche home crowd. And yeah, I think I think the Avalanche kind of win this one handily. Maybe I shouldn't say that out loud, but I I got to do it. It's part of the show. So we'll see. Going to go down tonight, 8 o'clock, start on the East Coast. So, yeah, should be a good one. I'm going to say Nathan Kinnon hat trick. That's another one I'm going to throw out there. I probably just ruined that for him too, but he hasn't had one in a little while. He's going to get back on track. Not that he's off track. I don't want to make it sound like he's off track, but I feel like the the uh, MVP talk for him has died down a little bit. So I think he's gonna have a, a nice big game, maybe a four-point game, to say like, "Hey, like, yeah, I still, I'm still in this thing. Don't worry, we're good." So yeah, big game for McKinnon. Like that's a shock to predict that, but it is. So that's gonna be it for today, guys. Enjoy the game. We'll catch you tomorrow. Here's Joby. Go, Abs, go.